Welcome to the Cannabis Equipment News Podcast. Hi, I'm David Manti, and welcome to a new episode of the Cannabis Equipment News Podcast. With me this week is Alex Morton and Charles Warner. They're with STM Canna. Thank you very much for joining me today, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you, David. All right, before we get started, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You could also help us out a lot by leaving the podcast a positive review on whatever platform you use. Finally, if you want to email the podcast, you can reach me at david at cannabisequipmentnews.com. I always like to get a start to learn a little bit about where you guys came from. So Charles, I'll start with you. What was it that brought you to the cannabis industry? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'm a, a magazine publisher originally and uh, was doing technology magazines and covering things like STEM and sustainability. Um, but because I'm involved with STM Canna and have been uh, since its inception, we kind of realized that there was an opportunity to create a publication that covered the tech in the mm-hmm. cannabis side. So that was uh, what kind of got my feet in the door was making uh, cannabis and tech today, which is one of the uh, one of the top publications that covers all the tech. And of course, STM Canna has really great tech. So there was a natural fit there. What other publications did you work on that you talk about STEM stuff like that? Were you doing design engineering magazines? Uh, sort of. So I started actually with uh, sports publications and okay. uh, was working on like college bowl game programs, uh, the World Series, which is going on right now, uh, the Super Bowl. So lots of real high profile events. We learned to make really good quality publications around events. And then, um, you know, probably like about seven or eight years ago, transitioned over to technology. And we do innovation and in tech today, uh, residential tech today. We've got a STEM and sustainability. And uh, f- uh, one of our hottest magazines is Cannabis and Tech Today. I mean, understandable. It's uh, the entire industry. And it's uh, I always like to see this on the publishing side when an industry is kind of really early on and starts getting really hot. You see all the publications pop up. Um, no, it's a really uh, fun space to be in. People ask all the time, though, they're like, tech, what does tech have to do with cannabis? And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. There's, well, I mean, even some people. Yeah. Even some people in the industry, right? There's a lot of apprehension or uh, people are a little reticent when it comes to embracing technology just because of how we've always done things. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But we try to make it uh, very easily digestible. So even people that are like, I'm not really into tech, they can, uh, you know, kind of ease their way in and see that there is a lot of innovation and tech and science in, uh, in what we do in the cannabis industry. Alex, what was it that brought you to the cannabis industry? Yeah. So um, I was actually starting my own company. I was developing a, an application for, uh, believe it or not, food uh, food industry workers to pick up um, seasonal jobs. And I was pitching the idea around a lot of different um, entrepreneurial sort of sectors in my city. And I became uh, actually uh, the owner, uh, Nate Lipton of growershouse.com was one of my business mentors for this other application that I was creating and business I was creating. The more me and him hung out and worked together, the more I became enamored with his business and the cannabis industry in general. And I've always had a passion for it to begin with. So uh, long story short, uh, he offered me a really awesome job. And I uh, basically with Nick Morin um, became the first salesperson for Canna Cribs, which is a YouTube series, um, kind of like the MTV Cribs of cannabis. Oh, right so <clears throat> then I got involved with um, selling marketing in that show to all sorts of ancillary cannabis companies, um, the producers, the processors. I was talking to literally pretty much everyone in the industry from the 
the owners of Cocoa Core companies to the owners of STM Canada. And uh, STM was actually one of my clients. We kept seeing them in a lot of our facilities for their joint uh, pre-roll production and became good friends with uh, some of the uh, the people over here at STM and uh, just fell in love with the company, fell in love with the tech. Um, and eventually they offered me a really great job and I wanted remote work um, and Canacribs was not so much remote. So it was a good fit for me. And I've been here for three years ever since actually. Yeah. Three years now. And um, just love it. Charles, how long have you been with uh, STM Canada? Did you f- help found the company? Yeah. So I was, I was one of the initial, I think maybe four, uh, three or four people, like in the very beginning and our company, you know, like many of them in the space, we sort of uh, started one direction and then sort of, it was kind of like ready, fire, aim, you know, you, uh, <laughs> this is what we're going to do. And, you know, we were, we were looking at in the beginning, we were going to be like, you know, uh, uh, handle like mobile trimming. And then we had like a rosin press. And so, you know, we had all these great ideas, but it was just a matter of kind of finding where we were going to fit in and how the timing was going to be right. You know, ironically enough, rosin press seems like a great idea, right? now, but it was a little, little ahead of its time, uh, you know, five years ago. So, you know, eventually the pre-roll be- became where we sort of settled on and, uh, and, and, you know, little did we know at the time that it would become, you know, probably the second biggest category in the cannabis space. So we really, really dialed in on the tech and the innovation to help make it easier for, uh, people to produce really super high quality pre-rolls. When was STM founded and what were some of those like stops and starts like, uh, you know, at what points did you realize, you know, you had to pivot away from the rosin press or you had to pivot away from other things and move into pre-rolls? Yeah. I mean, we've been around, you know, for, for a few years, probably what Alex, like, like five, six. Yeah. I want to say 2017 was the, the first year, 2018. Um, and then it's been, you know, ever since Ever since the kind of uh, advent of the rocket box, that's been our our go to, our bread and butter, and I think that was 2018. Yeah, the rocket box. We really took off with that, pun intended. And uh, you know, we just kind of realized we had this really amazing rosin press, but there wasn't a big market for a you know ten thousand dollar rosin press. So <laughs> you have to kind of you have to kind of go where the demand is, and and you know where you can help the most people. And we started seeing that that pre rolls was really something that was. Uh, um, you know, labor intensive. And it was something that, um, you know, if we could help automate and we could help people make better quality pre-rolls, you know, using our technology and our kind of mad scientists back in Spokane, that became our, uh, you know, really our calling card. Who's the uh, the mad scientist? That's uh, that's Jason. Jason uh, Duicky. He is our uh, he's our CEO, and he's also, you know, basically the uh, the chief engineer behind all of this stuff. He's He's, he's like a lot of the other people in this space where, you know, he comes up with an idea and he gets on his computer and kind of locks himself away for a little bit. Next thing you know, he's got, you know, uh, prototypes in 3D mode and everything. And it just it blows me away the way he's able to, you know, go in and kind of apply his engineering training and his background to uh, produce stuff that works really, really well. Is it, uh, you know, sometimes with an engineering background, is it sometimes difficult you know, when you had to move away from the rosin press, just because as an engineer, when you create something, I mean, you automatically think it's the best thing ever created. And sometimes it's hard to let those projects kind of go by the wayside. You know, was it difficult to kind of make the, the hard choices as you moved in different directions? 
I, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I think that when, once we realized, you know, the market wasn't ready for the rosin press, you know, at that, at that price point and sales was like, Hey, you know, this is, this is, this is hard to sell. <laughs> I think it was easier <laughs> to move away from it. And uh, like I said, maybe we were a little ahead of our time because right now it seems to be the really big thing in uh, uh, pre-rolls and, uh, you know, edibles and everything like that is live rosin, live resin, you know, that seems to be kind of like the hot thing right now. So, um, but yeah, it was, you know, I, I think it was just a matter of, you know, again, it wasn't quite the right time. And, and uh, so it, it honestly, the way that these brilliant people can turn around, you know, I was just in, uh, uh, Alex and I were just in uh, Berlin and we were at the ICBC and and we were talking to some people and you know how your uh, sleep is all off when you're, when you're over there, like there's oh, yeah. a, there's a, there's like a, a serious, like, you know, you're trying to go to sleep <laughs> at night, but the time zone has got you all, all messed up. And, uh, you know, we were talking to people that are like, yeah, I went to, went to bed, couldn't sleep. And, uh, you know, so I just invented a machine and, you know, spent a few hours in doing it. So that's the way these, these engineers minds are, you know, I feel like, uh, uh, when they, when they sit down and they kind of focus on it, they can really whip out some amazing stuff, you know, using their software where and you know whatever the mad scientists do and that's that's kind of the way that uh you know jason and our team is at stm alex so where does stm canna fit in the industry now what are the core products that are sort of the company's bread and butter yeah sure great question so um i mean there's really four aspects to making pre-rolls you need to grind the material first you need to fill it in a cone you need to weigh them and then you need to close the ends of them. So we're really looking to make, uh, you know, cover all those bases. So I would say our, our bread and butter is the rocket box. It always will be. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Kleenex people, people don't even call tissues, mm -hmm. uh, tissues. They call them Kleenexes. It's the same with us. They, they know us by the rocket box. That's, that's really like Chuck said, our calling card. Um, and that's the most vital part about making pre-rolls. That's the machine that literally fills them. So there's that, but we do cover all the other bases. We have two grinders, uh, big and small. We have two pre-roll filling machines, big and small. Um, and then we have just the two newest machines that launched last year at MJ BizCon was our launch pad weighing module that weighs 72 joints in a matter of like 10 seconds. And then our our uh, automatic closing machine called the Atomic Closer. Um, and that's kind of the complete turnkey system of grinding, filling, weighing, closing. Um, and where we fit, I would say that is our most unique part of us. We have this modular design, meaning <clears throat> a lot of our clients will just start with one of our mini rocket boxes, which is our small pre-roll filling machine. But it's a small entry price. You get your ROI really, really quickly with it. It's a total workhorse. Um, stainless steel is super easy to clean. Uh, busts out 143 joints every 45 seconds. So it's a it, it really, really moves. And our customers will start small and then go, oh, now I have some some cash that I can reinvest into this, this process that's making us money. Let's get the closing machine. Let's get the weighing machine. Let's get the, the better grinder instead of let's scale up from the blender, the ninja blender that we're using that we bought at Walmart. Um, so that's the, that's the coolest part about our company. And that's where a lot of people, um, their ears perk up because 
you don't have to come in at uh, at a quarter million dollars or a half million dollars to have this big, huge automated machine and have 12 people running it and a huge warehouse to house it. You can have a small, almost the size of a closet with one person working and have an actual pre-roll company with our equipment and then scale it up as you need to scale your company without huge upfront costs. So if you look at that model compared to our competition, you won't find anyone else like us. Um, there's there's basically huge upfront costs with fully automated machines, or there's very entry-level pre-roll machines that um, are not scalable at all uh, under us. So we kind of carved out this beautiful little section of the pre-roll niche that way. Are all the name? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, no, I was just going to add to it. I think that's that's kind of like three of the, the the best features about you know where we where we are in our niche is uh, like he said, we're modular. It the stuff is backwards compatible, so even if they have some older equipment, you know, it, it works with this right here. It's not going to be obsolete. We're not like uh, you know Apple or something like that where you know the stuff doesn't work. And and yeah, I think that we've really carved out a nice niche. You know, like Alex said, it's not entry level stuff. It's also not you. You know, you're not looking at, uh, you know, six figures or, you know, $250,000, but in that space, we feel like there's a really good value point, uh, for the people here. And I think that that seems to be a, a, a place that we've really settled in. Is every product name related to rockets or some sort of space oriented item? Yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> so our, uh, our grinder is called the revolution grinder. So that's, that's okay. probably the one that kind of, but but even then, it's still got that cool mechanical movement revolutions going. Mm -hmm. And then the rocket box, of course, the launch pad wear, the atomic closer. The atomic closer, I don't know, Chuck, what do you think? <laughs> Does yeah. that have a rocket? It's a science. <laughs> Sort of it's it's all yeah it's all sciencey you know revolution everything in space you know revolves yeah. and so uh yeah it's it's kind of been our theme because we sort of we sort of feel like that you know we are truly a technology company and and you know our our products uh yeah they're a little they're a little bit you know kind of a, a space age you know a little bit a little bit advanced you know i mean I, we were we were even in uh in berlin you know we were calling our machines droids you know it's almost like having a droid that can uh you know, have it, having a droid that can help you make pre-rolls and, you know, it, it almost, even our advertising campaign that we've got going right now is like, you know, meet your next best employee. And, you know, we've got a bunch of ads where it's like employee of the month, the rocket box or employee of the month. And that's because we're literally talking to people that used to have nine employees on their pre-roll line. Once they've got the atomic closer, they got five. So it it truly is, you know, like uh, and by the way, hiring's not easy right now. <laughs> finding good yeah. finding good a good labor is is a little bit tricky in this market. So to be able to have, you know, droids or machines that are dependable like this, I think is a, you know, it's a, it's a very good option for uh, for people out there right now. I think it keeps it a little bit more fun too. You know, you could have easily named everything the STM one three five. You know, but uh, everybody likes um, droids when you. Uh, work with an initial client that kind of comes into the door looking for a rocket box. Do you sort of draw up a plan uh, as to how they could scale up? Like, okay, you want to start here, but this is how you we can easily scale with your business to uh, further automate the process. Yeah, absolutely. It all it all starts with just understanding your clients. So you know where they are now, where they want to be, where they see themselves in a year, two years, whatever it may be. My philosophy as a salesperson is, is never to, is to build on trust and honesty and transparency. 
Um, and I think the company as a whole does a really good job of that um, in general. But, you know, you don't want to sell somebody a big fancy machine that's overkill for the first two years they're they're making joints. So just having an honest conversation. Hey, what, how many joints are you looking to make per day or per week or per month, whatever that metric is in what sizes are we doing dog walkers? Are we doing big King size joints? Those two questions alone will inform, okay, they only need the mini rocket box and just a couple extra trays in order to diversify the sizes coming out of it. Um, And then, Hey, look, you know, you can come in with this package and if you scale up, let's say you want to make 10,000 a week today, but you want to get to 25,000 a week in six months, this is how we can do it. Just with simple accessories. You don't need a big new machine. Um, this plan is going to work for you all the way up to there. And that's that's really, you know, what saves them so much um, money and honestly, time and headaches. Um, so yeah, definitely getting that Intel and painting them a picture of how it could be, how many employees it's going to take, how much time it's going to take. Um, some companies want to make a ton of joints one day a week. Other Mm -hmm. companies want to have their machine running seven days a week. So it's really just knowing what they want to do and, and, you know, dialing in the right equipment for their needs. If you could recommend one of those to working at uh, one day a week or working it constantly throughout the week, which do you think is the the best process? Uh, personally, um, I would rather just do a whole bunch in one time. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but everyone's different, you know. Um, I, it's just when you think about labor, everything that we do has to do with mitigating labor costs, right? So whether it's just how easy it is to clean our equipment at the end of the day, that's that's labor cost at the end of the day. Um, like Chuck said, you know, we have clients that went from nine, 10 employees making infused pre-rolls down to five employees after buying one of our uh, atomic closers. So when I look at it, I always want to ask those questions like how much labor are you willing to do that uh, put into this? Um, do you want to see your employees multitasking? And look, you can have these employees just focus on pre-rolls five days a week, whatever it is. Or you can have this group of people, a larger group, come in, focus on pre-rolls on Mondays and then not do them for the rest of the week. And now your pre-roll group can be doing multitasking on several other um, outlets. So, again, it's a personal choice. And it's up to the business. Some some companies are strictly pro companies. That's all they do. So, mm. so it's so different. Some some are just producers that are getting into it. Some are dispensaries making pre-rolls. Some are processors that are doing concentrates, pre-rolls, production, you name it. So it's really just, it's, it's just fine. And the cool thing about our equipment is we have a solution for everyone. Um, we have solutions for the big, big, huge companies doing hundreds of thousands of joints a week all the way down to the small mom and pop shops that are just busting out, you know, a hundred joints a day and CBD joints. So like we, we serve everyone and have a solution for everybody. Yeah. And I just wanted to add one thing too, is that, you know, our company STM is, is growing, you know, like a weed. 
Uh, and we've just moved into a new production facility. We've just brought on a bunch more people. And, and a lot of that stems from the fact that this feedback that Alex and, you know, our, our sales team gets this kind of needs assessment, it makes it all the way back to R and D. It makes it all the way back, you know, to where we constantly have more machines. You know, I was kind of joking that, you know, you can just invent a machine in one night, but you know, we have a bunch more machines that are that are ready to roll, you know, when the time is right, based on feedback and based on, you know, uh, information that these these guys are gathering out there. So it's kind of cool to know that we're not just resting on our laurels. We're not just, you know, sitting on what we've got. We're looking to constantly innovate and we're listening to what the people that are in the space, you know, the ones that are in the trenches making pre-rolls, what they're saying. And that feedback is getting all the way back, you know, to our to our R&D department where they're like, OK, cool. How can we tackle the next, you know, the next challenge? So it feels good to be with a company and to work with a company that's kind of, you know, taking care of everything right now and doing it the right way, but also has an eye towards, you know, what maybe is coming up next, almost anticipating needs. And that, and that comes from the, the good relationships that uh, Alex and, you know, uh, Cam and, and everybody else has with our Tarek and, and Ben. And I mean, we've just got a, we've got a really, really great sales team that is very, um, yeah, like what Alex said, you know, just very committed to making sure we can find the right solution for each person. Cause I feel like every, every situation is different. Charles, what is some of the feedback you've received and, you know, what has that led to in terms of new features that you've seen on uh, your machines? Yeah, I think that, you know, we we take that feedback, you know, good and bad, you know, uh, uh, and, and we use it, you know, we work with it. I mean, um, what do you think, Alex? Is there is there some changes? Yeah, there's. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, just a couple off the top of my head. I mean, before the uh, the advent of the the wear and the closer, that was the biggest feedback we ever got. When are you guys going to create something that automates weighing and closing these joints? It's the biggest bottleneck of workflow. Um, you know, it doesn't. T- it only takes a minute to fill five hundred joints, but then it takes an hour to weigh and close them all. So. Um, they heard that, of course, those equip- those pieces of equipment had a ton of research and development and time and energy that went into the creation of those things. Um, but that's just like, that's just one thing. That's an obvious one. Some other things are like the ability to dial in. So there's in our components of our machine, the bottom tray is the one that holds um, the pre-roll cone. The top tray fits into it kind of like a funnel. Mm. And people wanted to be able to heighten and lower the top tray, adjust the top tray so it can fill down further or up further in the pre-roll cone. We made one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like anything, Jason is uh, features too. Yeah, yeah, features as well. Like, uh, you know, we used to have a touchscreen that was that was separate, you know, from the rocket box. And then it was, you know, created to be on there. So you didn't have, you know, something kind of sticking out. So it was it was functionality, uh, mm-hmm. you know, improving the design based on feedback. And so that's where, um, yeah, you know, I mean, this feedback is that feedback loop is super valuable. And uh, and our company has always been really receptive. You know, some companies are like, oh, we don't want to hear that, you know, whatever. No, we're like, yeah, man, bring it to us. Let us let us know. And, you know, maybe there's a way that we can even improve the design or that we can make it even, you know, more user-friendly because that's, that's the ultimate goal. And yeah, like to piggyback off what Chuck was saying too about um, reverse compatibility. So like Apple, you know, iPhone, whatever, 13, then you get it. And then the 14 comes out, eventually your 13 is obsolete. We're the exact opposite. Like we have companies that are using our OG rocket boxes from 2017 
that we ha now have created retrofit kits to turn it from the Rocketbox OG to the Rocketbox 2.0. Um, we have adapter kits that can go uh, in line for our newer innovations that are going to be coming out. Um, we're always coming out with new innovations to further automate it. Like we have a new, um, our newest product coming out. I, we're launching it at MJ BizCon or the first kind of bit of um, marketing and um, just like knowledge coming out about it is called the Jojo, which is our automatic cone loader. So right now, it's a manual task to drop cones into our bottom tray mm. and that's no longer the case. So we're always, what, what can we do better? What can we mitigate more labor? How can we um, help these guys control their overhead costs? So their profit margins are higher at the end of the day. You can't, you can't control the, uh, the weather. You can't control the price of marijuana uh, in your state, but you can control how much labor you put into making your pre-rolls. So it's, it is very important. Um, and like I said, every Jason's mind's always going with that, that feedback loops always having to do with that with our sales team and our customer service department, seeing little gaps or holes that we can fill with better equipment. We're, all, we're always putting that kind of stuff out. And um, we're right now, of course, fully focused on the pre-roll niche, but that doesn't mean we're a pre-roll company. Jason is an innovator and we're going to always sell innovations to the cannabis space. So, and that feedback loop is everything. Uh, yeah. Some, something else too, that I think is a real pain point that we've kind of, uh, um, tried to try to take take the lead on is uh, supply chain issues. You know, there's a lot of manufacturers out there that are, you know, if they're sourcing from places overseas or if they're sourcing from somewhere where they can't get stuff, which as we all know right now, there's stuff you can't get. What we've done at STM is actually brought a lot of stuff in-house and brought a lot of machines in-house so that we could manufacture our own stuff and eliminate some of that gap in the supply chain, which means when, um, you know, Alex works with, with, uh, with all kinds of our channel partners and distributors and stuff like that, you know, when they take orders, they have to know that they can fulfill them, right? In 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 a in a reasonable amount of time. And by us bringing more processes and more machines and more you know raw materials in house, it's allowed us to continue to make sure our products are available, and then we don't have those big gaps. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're getting better and better at having, uh, shorter, shorter lead times and having more stuff available. And as everybody knows, listening to this right now, there's certain products out there. If you try to get, you know, I don't even think you can get a PlayStation five right now still, you know, there's, there's chip shortages and there's lots of stuff. So I think that that's a really cool thing that we have done, um, was to, was to try to, you know, work around that supply chain thing by making sure that we have more stuff in house and that we, we cut out, um, more middlemen. And, you know, make it sure that we can fulfill orders faster and, and not sacrifice quality. So was STM previously working with like contract manufacturers or third party manufacturers to make the equipment? Well, not the equipment, just like raw materials, just raw like, materials, you know, certain right. things that, that you might yeah. need that go into the equipment, you know, uh, um, maybe like some, you know, little components and things like that. But no, everything is 100%, you know, created by us. It's made, uh, you know, Spokane, Washington, which is where my hometown, uh, you know, it's, it's we're a, a veteran owned company. Um, you know, like Alex was saying earlier, this is all like food grade stuff. This is, you know, it's super high quality materials that is, is um, you know, something people can be proud of investing in their business. And so, yeah, everything is all manufactured by us. You know, we just, we were sourcing different components from different mm -hmm. places and we've eliminated a lot of that uh, um, outside sourcing where we could. 
No, that was uh, the next thing I wanted to ask about was the supply chain. Were you running into supply chain issues and then you just decided to buy in bulk or did you have the foresight to kind of get ahead of it uh, to make sure you had stuff on the shelves as you were manufacturing new machines? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you say, Alex, kind of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, the whole world underwent what it went through with the supply chain, you know, over the last 18 months, two years, whatever, whatever it is. But um, we, uh, as far as like how we dealt with it was super creative. Um, you know, the, the prices of everything started to skyrocket. Um, our, our vendors uh, started to have their own supply chain issues. So, um, I mean, I, personally, I, I'm being on the front end of things. All I could tell you is that our lead times never got bad. And we found creative ways to constantly keep our, our products going out every two to three weeks. And if you look at, like Chuck said, you can't get a PS5 right now. Um, there's, there's so many like, car dealerships just like six months ago were empty. Um, and yet... STM Canna, this, you know, this, this startup in, in Spokane, Washington was pumping out our machines that we make with our own hands, bend the steel, make the circuit connections are coming out every two to three weeks. So I don't, I'm, I don't know what kind of wizardry went, went on in, in the back of the house of STM, but they got really, really creative. They resourced um, tons of uh, raw materials from creative ways, new vendors, um, and did start buying a lot in bulk so that we could um, mitigate these issues before they started cropping up. And that is a huge selling point, you know, like people will be mulling around the thought of a, an expensive pre-roll machine for, could be six months, seven months. And then the second they need one, they need it yesterday. Mm -hmm. They don't like hearing that there's a four week lead time. So that's huge for us, you know, being able to say, hey, we have these in stock or the latest it's going to be is two to three weeks. That's music to their ears. So um, that's it was really big for us to be able to, you know, get over that hurdle. Alex, you had mentioned something called a dog walker. What's that? So the dog walker, that is the um, the newest, uh, hottest commodity in, in retail, I would say. So their dog walker joints are the smallest joints that are made. Um, they're usually made in like a 70 mil cone. And uh, they usually weigh any, anywhere between 0.25 or a quarter gram to like 0.35. And they started coming out during COVID. Um, and I think it's kind of hit a chord with everybody because no one wanted to pass joints around anymore. So they're like little solo uh, walk the dog, go out for 15 minutes, come back, that sort of thing. And they're just, you know, consumer behavior dominates. Like, I don't know why, but they sell and they sell a lot. So <laughs> I could tell you personally, from my experience, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to smoke a whole joint. I'm not going to smoke a, a one gram. I'm, I'm not built like that. I'm not ready for that. And <laughs> so, you know, if I, if I smoke, a, you know, a, a third of it, then I got to put it out. Right. And so, you know, then I've got to, I got to store it. And then I got to do, I think the dog walker eliminated that. Yes. And it was kind of like a single use, you know, like, like you're good to go uh, per person. And so I think it's kind of the Kind of like the fun size, right? Like, you know, you go trick-or-treating, you got the fun size <laughs> Snickers. It's like the fun yeah. size joints. Right. I mean, it's all about uh, taking care of the parents during trick-or-treating now. And they're handing out the uh, the shooters. Next is the dog walkers. We got to upgrade to the dog walkers. <laughs> Coming soon. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
I wanted to talk a little bit about ROI because when you're discussing taking, you know, nine people running a process going down to five, I have to imagine that the ROI on some of your machines is pretty quick. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, it, it has to do with um, the, the production capacity, but starting small, you know, um, we see, <clears throat> we see a mini rocket box, mini rocket box costs uh, $6,600. Um, and if you go to the, your local dispenser, you see how much pre-rolls cost, um, usually anywhere between 10, 15, some of the luxury ones, 20 bucks. Um, so if you, you could quickly do the math, you know, like they, they don't take too much time. They make 143 joints every 15 se- or 45 seconds, and they're all selling for 10 bucks a pop. These things don't take very long. I mean, seriously, a week or two of running, you get your money back on a mini rocket box. When you're looking at our full turnkey system, and when I say turnkey, it's combining those four categories. You get a full big Revolution 2.0 grinder. You get a Rocketbox 2.0, a big pre-roll machine. You can also choose a different turnkey with mini rocket boxes, um, and then our launchpad wear and closer. That that retails around 120k. Um, we we do you know bundle deals on those packages too, but even for something like that, it's the same thing because the you know those companies are already producing hundreds of thousands of joints, so uh, they see their their ROI the same you know in the same way. Just a couple weeks, a month, maybe maybe two months max. I can't imagine it being any more than that, even on the on the uh, high end of things. Yeah, so, and, and don't. I was just going to say, and don't forget too, you know, you've got back on the labor front, you know, if, if you're using less people and it's, and it's hard to find, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, kind of an odd uh, uh, hiring market out there right now. And there's, you know, a, a high, finding good work and people that want to work nights and weekends and, you know, holidays and stuff might not be there, but these machines, you know, you can really count on. So if you're able to reduce your, your overhead on the labor side uh, to combine that with the fact that you're producing, you know, really good. And let's just, let's be really clear here. We're not just talking about cranking out pre-rolls. We're talking about like award-winning pre-rolls. Like uh, uh, Lions Lab, they they won a uh, cannabis cup uh, in Michigan for their pre-rolls. They have infused pre-rolls and they use uh, the atomic closer. They use our equipment and, you know, they, they flat out are making award-winning pre-rolls. So it's not just about mass producing, you know, subpar pre-rolls. I want to make that really clear. Like these are, these are the kinds that you can be super proud of, you know, to, to put your name on and they're, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're automated, they're coming out fast and they're award-winning. So that's a, I think that's an important thing to, uh, to recognize is that they're all, you know, they're, they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Alex? They're, um, they're to spec, you know, they're like, they're, 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 they've got those, those crowns that are just like perfect on there. And they've just, they're really, really good looking joints. Some, some machines make joints that aren't, aren't pretty. Well, yeah, you talk about absolutely. It. Sorry. You talk about it being to, you talk about it being to spec. I mean, uh, being within sort of tolerance is a big issue for the industry. Um, so, I mean, it's not just looking pretty, but making sure that what you have on the label is what's in the package. Uh, that's very important to manufacturers. Yeah. And it's got to weigh, right? It's got to be right in that variance, depending on where you are, what jurisdiction, because otherwise, if it doesn't, you're back to the drawing board. Right. Sorry, yeah. Alex, what were you saying? And- 
Yeah, no worries. Um, a lot of companies, there's, you know, pre-rolls are the, I think the second hottest selling uh, commodity at a retail shops in North America right now. Um, so, I mean, it's your calling card, right? A lot of people are buying these. A lot of people are smoking these and a lot of companies are putting their, their logo right on the tip. Um, and you know, if you, if the being that kind of volume of people using this, they're going to, if it's, if it's a crappy joint, they're never going to buy it. There's so many options. So they're always going to go back to the one that they like better, that smokes better, that smokes more evenly around instead of canoeing more so on one side than the other, or has a weak neck. When you put it in your mouth, it just falls down like farmer Dan's like a uh, wheat thing coming out of his mouth. It's like, you want a a really nice, uh, you know, integrity, like the, the integrity of the structure looks perfect. It looks like it came out of a machine. It doesn't look like, you know, a, a arts and crafts class, major, major joints. It, it looks like, you know, factory made. So that's, it's your calling card. It's your business, what you put inside of it. If it doesn't taste good or it doesn't smoke right, that's not good. And you need good equipment for that. So we're, we're able to, you know, bring everyone's pre-roll game up. Uh, for that reason. Is your equipment cone manufacturer agnostic or can it only work with specific uh, manufacturers? So agnostic. Yeah, definitely agnostic. However, um, you know, there's very standardized sizes with pre-rolls. So we definitely, (laughs) we want to make equipment that um, fits all those very generic sized uh, pre-rolls. We always recommend um, a reliable cone manufacturer that you've heard of before. Um, There's a lot of kind of, you know, like fake knockoff brands coming out of overseas. So um, you definitely, you know, you pay for what you get. It goes for cones too and goes for our equipment. Um, If you're, if, if you're looking to make really good quality cones, we we encourage you to to buy cones off um, you know a reliable source. Like one of our biggest partners right now is Zigzag. Everyone knows that company, um, and they put out really really good quality um, pre rolls uh, cones. They're really really they work great in our equipment, um, and uh, our clients love them. So. So, yeah, I mean, agnostic to a degree, I I guess, is the long and short answer to that. Charles, with opening a new production facility and the worker shortages that uh, many people are experiencing, are you guys having any issues with staffing? No, I I think we've been pretty, I think we've been pretty fortunate. I mean, it hasn't been a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. Like I think we had uh, last week, we had two, two new people that were starting. And then one last minute was like, oh, they gave me a whole bunch of money to stay here. So, you know, we got one out of two, but um, you know, we've got a, we've got a pretty strong pipeline. I think where we're constantly looking for talent and we've been, uh, we've been an attractive place to work. You know, we just uh, um, we're proud. We entered uh, one of the magazines out there. I think it was MG, you know, best places to work and, and we had several employees that, you know, uh, 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 talked about why they liked working at STM. And I mean, our company's really generous, you know, I mean, as far as benefits and stuff like that, like health insurance, 401k, like, you know, I, I, a lot of companies don't offer that stuff out there. We really do. And I've noticed, you know, ever since I've been at that company, we really care about our employees. And I think that's a big 
big factor in being able to, uh, you know, to, to hire is, is that we reinvest not only in our machines and our R and D, but in our people. And I think that probably our, you know, besides the, the mad scientists that create all this, uh, it, it really is about our people. You know, our people really care all the way from the, the ones that are putting the machines together to the sales team. We've got a customer service, uh, uh, department that, you know, client services that absolutely bends over backwards to take care of, uh, you know, people service after the sale. So I think the whole thing put together makes it a, a fairly attractive place, uh, to work. So we've been, we've been pretty fortunate in, in being able to attract and retain good talent. Um, but like I said, it's not perfect. You know, it, it, I think we still are looking to bring on some more people. So if you're, uh, you're talented and you're in the space and you're interested in coming to STM, you know, give us a shout, but, um, yeah, we've been able to kind of, um, fill the spots and grow as we've needed to be even in sort of a, a difficult time, you know, uh, time period. Well, I think the retention speaks loudly uh, about the company almost more than um, attracting new talent. Because one thing I've noticed about the cannabis industry is there are a lot of people that want to get involved in the cannabis industry, but not necessarily work in the cannabis industry. Um, But, you know, finding good talent and making sure that you retain them in a very competitive marketplace, I think that speaks volumes about the company. And haven't you also noticed some people leaving? Right. Like some people are just like, I'm done. Like I've been here. (laughs) It's a mess. You know, there's some people that are just like, I'm I'm just going to, you know, so there is kind of that revolving door of people that want to come in. Some people that have maybe had enough, but yeah, no, I, I, I feel really proud of the way that STM does take care of their people and the way that they've, you know, offered benefits and things like that, that they don't have to, you know, aggressive matching on 401k and stuff that I think is, uh, um, yeah, it's helped us attract good talent. And I, I, you know, pretty proud of that. Um, on the other side of the business, Alex, uh, how does STM Canada uh, compete against some of the other pre-roll automation competitors in the marketplace? Um, I mean, just getting our name out that we we offer something so different. You know, the whole modular approach to pre-rolls is so vastly different than any of our competitors that we really just stand out in that way. Um. And then from there on out, it's just brand recognition, you know, being at the big shows, um, talking, you know, having a sales team that's hitting the phones and the emails, getting our name out there as much as possible with all these bigger companies, getting on the phone with them, introducing us. Um, And to be dead honest with you, some of our competitors, you know, they're like frenemies, you know, they're, we're, we're thankful they're there. Um, You know, you know, like the knockbox was the the number one pre-roll machine. People didn't even think twice. 99% of our clients realize that the knockbox isn't scalable and needs something different from there. So thank you for, for bringing them in and getting them making pre-rolls and then going, oh, crap, I, I need something bigger and, and more powerful for the future of my business. They still have a great place in the market. And the knockbox is always going to have a place in the market. Um, So like stuff like that, like, you know, we're competing against them, but at the same time, we're sharing all the same clients and we're just watching them grow. So um, as far as like that kind of competition is there and then, you know, with these full, the other side of the competition is just fully automated machines, which is literally just one machine enclosed that does several, you know, different functionalities, five, seven, 10 different functionalities. Um, whereas we modulate them, we, we separate them out. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we're just apples to oranges. You can't even compare, you know, them to us or us to them. You can compare the amount of money and, and labor is going to go into each one. And again, that's how we would compete with them is just we come in at such a less burdensome entry level way instead of having to put all of your eggs in one basket and then cross your fingers and hope that service or maintenance or overseas customer service isn't going to bite you uh, down the line. So, and there's, um, and there's still, we just offer something so different. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, no, and I was just going to add to what Alex said is, you know, our, I mean, numbers don't lie, right. Our output and, you know, the number that we can close in under a minute and things like that, like those are, you know, we, we went to the Guinness book of world records because we wanted the atomic closer to get the Guinness book of world. I was salivating to put that in marketing and everything like that. And it turns out uh, they don't do any kind of records with anything at all with cannabis uh, which is ironic because it's run by a beer company, but, um, you know, we, we really wanted to get that, you know, sort of badge of honor and, and put it up against, you know, in friendly competition, anything else out there. So, you know, maybe one day in the future at MJ biz, you know, we can have a, we can have like a roll off, you know, or like we can have a little, you know, a little showdown and see who can put out the most stuff. But, 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 you know, I think that, um, like Alex says, you know, every, every brand that's out there is helping, uh, you know, with pre-rolls. And I think that everybody's got their place in the, uh, in the space. And so we, we look at most of them all as just kind of like friendly, you know, friend, friendly competitors, but we all kind of get in where we fit in. If, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like a roll off. Oh, uh, yeah, a, roll roll off off. At, a roll off at MJ biz. I mean, please take my money now. Yeah. Um, that would be uh, in this Alex, corner. Yeah. The atomic closer. <laughs> right. It's a, uh, it's our industry's battle bots, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex, uh, I know that we have, uh, we're running out of time here. One thing I wanted to ask about, though, that is important to our readers and listeners um, is cleanability, service, and maintenance. What is STM's approach to those three categories? So really simple. Uh, everything we engineer is with that in mind, right? We know the, um, you know, the trichomes, the, the stickiness, um, all that stuff is going to come into play. It's going to get on our equipment every day. So um, basically just the, the materials that we uh, use are food grade, um, uh, they're dishwasher safe, uh, so they can withstand lots of heat. Um, and the material, like I said, um, just the food grade materials are so friendly for cleaning in general. Um, and then the, the way it's taken apart. So it doesn't matter if I'm talking about one of our grinders or one of our pre-roll machines, whatever it may be. It's literally always going to be a couple Allen screws, pop something out that needs to be cleaned, put it in isopropyl alcohol, dunk it. Most of our clients will just dunk it for whatever, if it's overnight or a few hours. Um, and that's it. So, um, you know, even our big, big grinder, uh, you open up a door and pop two Allen keys out and the, the filter screen can come out and you could put another one in a matter of less than 30 seconds. So everything we go, everything we make, everything we do is about user friendliness um, and ease of use and also just ease of cleanliness and how easy it is to wash this stuff off at the end of the day. So matter of matter of minutes, um, you can clean all any of our machine from top to bottom. So what can uh, CEN expect to see at MJ Biz from STM Canada? Yeah, it's really exciting. So uh, we have a one of our bigger booths that we've ever had. Um, we're going to have 
our some of our uh, technicians with us running full demos of our each one of our machines. Um, that's brand new for us. We've we've always been told you cannot make joints on the trade show floor, um, whether it's hemp or whatever. And then we get there and people are making them anyway. So we're just saying, screw it. We're going to do it this year. We're going to make joints um, with our techs. We're going to have a demo. We have demo uh, sign up links that are going out right now. So anybody that wants to sign up uh, to get a one on one demo of our equipment at the booth, they can do that. Um, and also, uh, on kind of what I'm doing is more on the channel distribution sales. We have a number of our partners that, um, are also, uh, going to be at MJ biz with their booths and they're going to be displaying our machines too, which is exciting because instead of just seeing STM at one booth, our booth, you're going to see it scattered across the, uh, the trade show floor. And actually that kind of parlays into what Chuck's doing for MJ biz too. So, uh, Chuck, you're doing some fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've got a uh, so with cannabis and tech today, we've got a um, a scavenger hunt going. So the magazine is going to be in all the media bins. Um, we've got some articles, we've got some ads uh, in there with with uh, STM stuff, and then the magazines are actually going to have little Willy Wonka golden tickets in them, where we're going to have a prize pack, and there's going to be about fifteen thousand dollars worth of prizes in there. One of them is going to be a Rocket Box Mini, which is kind of headlining it. Uh, national Cash giving away an ATM, so if you've ever wanted an ATM in <laughs> your uh, in your man cave or your dispensary, this is your chance. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a little map. There's going to be uh, the magazines will be situated throughout the event and at uh, S. STM's booth. And yeah, so we've got some fun promotions. Um, our booth this year is, uh, like Alex said, it's the biggest ever. It's a double decker. So we've got oh, the wow. upstairs for like, if you want to get away from the throngs of the crowds and everything like that and go set up a meeting, definitely reach out to us because we'd love to use that space up top, sit down and talk some business, you know, do some needs assessment. And yeah, make sure you grab a copy of the publication there of Cannabis and Tech today. And uh, yeah, sign up for the golden ticket because it's totally free. Great prizes. Uh, I believe we've got some cones from uh, from Zigzag we're going to be giving away. And so, yeah, we're trying to do some fun stuff and create a little bit of buzz while we also introduce uh, new machines and try to get, uh, you know, new clients. And and we do have, um, you know, two sides of the business, right? We've got our direct sales, which works with uh, everybody out there from, you know, small to big. And then Alex, he quarterbacks kind of our, our whole channel side. And we've got some great partners out there. Um, you know, there's a, there's a laundry list of them that sell our products all across North America, actually around the world. And, um, you know, we're looking to add more partners, uh, on that channel side as well. So yeah, hopefully MJ biz is going to be a big hit this year and we'll come away with lots of, lots of new friends and lots of people that are excited about, uh, STM. No, we're, uh, we're really looking forward to it as well. So hopefully we get a chance to meet up and, uh, meet in person. Um, and that's one thing that I really enjoy about this event is uh, how excited people get for the event and how everyone kind of holds their cards a little close to their vest for the uh, the big splash at the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's always a blast, this show. And it's nice because we're scattered. As STM is scattered around the country. We have sales reps in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. I'm in Arizona. Chuck's in Colorado. Our manufacturing facilities in Spokane. So getting the team together, we uh, we... We obviously work together every day and uh, are in meetings all the time. So, but it's nice to be around each other too. Um, and uh, we do have some some aces up our sleeve as well, David. We got um, some serious show specials that we haven't advertised yet, um, but they're going to be some some of the best deals that we've ever given in the history of our company. 
um, some serious value adds to some of our systems, uh, as well as uh, a product launch, our, our automatic cone loader, we're going to be launching there as well. So it's, a, it's always exciting. And every year, it seems like, the, especially last year, um, was very pre-roll dominated. I mean, again, consumer behavior dominates these things and pre-rolls are the second hottest selling thing. So everyone's looking for pre-roll equipment. Um, and what we love about it is being right next to all of our competition and seeing how much we stand out. And people really, really, really seem to appreciate that and understand that because a lot of these companies are making the same exact equipment with a different logo on it. And uh, we're completely, like I said, apples to oranges. So it's always a fun time watching that kind of real realization hit people that are walking the floor and going, oh, wow, you guys are so, so, so thinking differently and so creative out of the box. So that's always fun. Chuck, um, outside of MJ Biz, what are some things that the CEN audience can expect from STM Canna, you know, a little bit further in the future? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we've got some more machines that are, that are coming down the pike. Um, like, uh, like Alex said, we're going to be offering some more bundles and accessories that are going to be coming with the machines. So I think that, uh, you know, that's something you can look forward to. Um, we're really continuing to emphasize on our customer service, our service after the sale. And, you know, like that on-site training used to be something that, uh, you know, could, could, could cost a little bit of money is now going to be rolled into it and stuff like that. So it's included. So, yeah, I think that what we're trying to do is adjust to what the consumers are asking and make sure that anybody that is working with us, you know, we're we're setting them up for success and again, continuing to innovate. So um, I think that I, I wouldn't be surprised if next year we have a couple new machines uh, uh, to come out and join our whole our whole cadre of space and science themed uh, machines. So, uh, yeah, people should be looking forward to that for sure. Excellent. Well, uh, Alex and Charles, thank you both for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, man. And your background is amazing, dude. I love that. That's, uh, you're making, uh, you're making the video producers just very happy right now. (laughs) They, uh, they worked really hard to put together the studio. We moved into a new space uh, a couple years ago and they worked really hard on the studio and, uh, they are, they're beaming right now. <laughs> it, it looks really, really sharp. So yeah, That's thanks great. so much for having us. And, and by the way, dude, just, just quick shout out to you, man, you know, going through your website and stuff like that, you guys have really, really good information and you guys bring great content. And I've even seen, you know, other, other uh, uh, people in our category on there. I've learned about other stuff. So yeah, shout out to CEN. You guys, you guys do a really, really good job. So thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sorry, the uh, video producers just took a bow. I just want you guys to know. <laughs> um, but no, um, again, like I said, I hope we have a chance to meet up at MJ Biz and uh, safe travels to you guys. Uh, I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. Yeah, absolutely. And anybody listening, uh, make sure you follow us on social. And if you've got any questions or you're interested in uh, you know, setting up a, a demo or talking to us, just go to the website, uh, stmcanada.com. Yeah. And uh, visit us at MJ Biz. We're at booth 7527. I don't know if you're going to remember that, but that is our booth. Look us up, STM Canada. Chuck and I will be there. Would love to meet as many people as possible, including you, David. It'd be nice to shake your hand and, and meet up there. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, Before we get out of here, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also help us out a lot by leaving the podcast a positive review on whatever platform you use. If you want to email the podcast, you can reach me at david at cannabisequipmentnews.com. For Alex Morton and Charles Warner, 
uh, with STM Canna. I'm David Manti. This is the Cannabis Equipment News Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Cannabis Equipment News Podcast.